Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 23. Today we'll be diving into meal planning. There are probably some people out there who like to meal plan, but if you're like the majority of people, meal planning can feel like a big pain or a chore or just one more thing on your to-do list. If this is you, I hope that this episode can help make meal planning a little bit less daunting. And for those of you who have been wanting to meal plan but just don't have a good consistent system set up, then this episode is for you. I have to say I have been through periods of my life where I've been great at meal planning and other times when I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Those times that I don't have a plan, we eat a lot less variety. It often takes longer to get dinner on the table. I turn to convenience or fast foods more often. And again, there's nothing wrong with eating those things from time to time. To time. I just don't feel great when I eat them too often. Life and dinner just seem to run much smoother with a good meal plan in place. I'm excited to share this episode with you, so let's go. Hey there, friends. My name's Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I am so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, friends. How are you today? I wish you could really answer me back when I asked that question. I wish we could just have a conversation about your life. It's too bad that we aren't all on Zoom, a Zoom call or something together, so it's not just me talking to you, but you could chat back. Um, I guess one way that you can chat with me is by sending me a message on Instagram. My handle is genoate uh, with an underscore and then RD. Just let me know what's going on in your life, what you like about this episode or this, this podcast, what you don't like, uh, just anything you want to share. That'd be awesome. My on, In my neck of the woods, my daughter is going to girls camp for the first time this weekend. So we've been packing and getting her ready for that. Uh, girls camp is an annual camp for my that my church puts on for girls ages 11 to 18. And I have very fond memories of going to girls camp when I was younger. So I'm excited for my daughter to go and make some great memories for herself. And then my boys will be able to go to young men's camp next week. So it's been a fun start to the summer. Okay, let's dive into meal planning. What comes up in your mind when I say those two words? Do you feel peace or excitement? Or do you maybe feel a little bit of stress or dread or anxiety? I'm going to be honest, meal planning isn't my favorite thing to do, but at least I don't dread it like I used to. One big reason that I used to dread it is because of my old meal planning routine. This was me in the past. I would get out all of my cookbooks, I would go through them and pick some meals, I would write the meals on one piece of paper, and then I'd write a grocery list on another piece of paper, go through my kitchen to see what I already had, and then write down what I needed on my grocery list. And it literally took like one to two hours if I went fast to do my weekly meal planning. So it's no wonder that I got overwhelmed when I thought of meal planning. It just felt like, and frankly it was, just such a huge chore. Thankfully, I have a much easier, more streamlined meal planning system now that literally takes me like 10 minutes. And I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about that with you at the end of the episode. I do want to point out that if you've been a big dieter, 
Meal planning might seem extra stressful or daunting. There's a chance that you've spent years planning or tracking every little thing that you ate, and your brain might be revolting right now, refusing to do any planning around food at all. Honestly, if you currently have an eating disorder or if you're recently recovering from one, I'd say to hold off on the meal planning until you can get in a healthier headspace. Meal planning is a form of gentle nutrition, and it can easily be taken to an extreme by people who don't have a relatively healthy relationship with food. But for those of you who do feel safe planning ahead for your meals, having a good system in place can really make a huge difference. Now, I want to be clear here. When I say meal planning, I mean mostly just planning for your dinners. You can plan for other meals as well if you'd like, but there's no need to plan ahead for every single thing you're going to eat each day in the week. So when I'm referring to meal planning, I'm mostly just referring to what dinners I'm going to be making for the weeks ahead. Like I mentioned earlier, there have been plenty of periods in my life that I just don't meal plan at all. Then four or five o'clock hits and I get a sinking feeling in my stomach as I realize that I have to figure out what to make for dinner again with no plan. Maybe I decide I'd like to make some salmon, but it was supposed to marinate in a sauce for three hours, so that's a bust. Or I realize that I have the ingredients for my favorite three bean chili, but it was supposed to go in the crock pot that morning. Or maybe I have some bell peppers that I've been wanting to use up that are sitting in the fridge and I'd like to make fajitas, but I'm all out of fajita seasoning and I forgot to get some when I went to the grocery store yesterday. So either dinner is much more stressful than it needs to be if I don't have a plan, or I just might not get dinner on the table at all and the kids are left to fend for themselves. I'll pour my four-year-old a bowl of cereal or something to that effect And honestly, I don't think that that's a bad thing once in a while. And I personally think it's good to make our kids fend for themselves sometimes for dinner, uh, as long as they're, of course, old enough that they can actually get themselves food. But I also don't think it's ideal to put your kids in charge of feeding themselves dinner or eating on their own too regularly. That's why it's been my experience that meal plans just make dinner, make my life, make feeding my children so much easier when I actually put forth the effort to do them. There's no right or wrong way to meal plan. What works best for one person might not work for someone else. Uh, You can go to one extreme and get done-for-you meals. So there are meals like HelloFresh, Blue Apron. uh, I think one's called Freshly. Uh, Those are great if you have the money and if you like those meals and maybe if you have a smaller family. It'd be pretty pricey to feed my family of seven on meals like that. But someday if I have enough money, I am certainly not opposed to that option. It looks fantastic to just have all the ingredients come to my door and dinner is just planned and ready to go for the night. There are also done-for-you meal plans. So a lot of times how these work is you choose certain meals And then the system gives you the recipes and the ingredients for those meals and kind of creates your weekly meal plan for you. I've tried a few of those systems before, and while they're probably really great for some people, they didn't really work great for me. I just like having a little more flexibility, being able to put my own recipes into my meal plan, um, being able to use ingredients that I already have on hand. Also, oftentimes the shopping lists would would list ingredients that I already had on hand, like flour or salt, things like that. So it took some time to go through and delete those ingredients. So maybe there's an awesome system out there that I'm just not aware of, but the ones that I've tried just haven't been for me. 
And then another option is the do-it-yourself way. And this is probably the best option for most of us. This is the one that I use. It's much cheaper than some other options, and it allows a lot of flexibility, and it can you can easily add or take away meals as needed from your plan. So it's the one I prefer and use, but again, no right or wrong here. Do what works best for your family. It's great that we live in a world that has lots of different options for us to try out and see what works best for us. Okay, you might want to get something to take notes on because now I'll be diving into my top 10 tips for meal planning. And depending on the system, the type of meal plan that you use, some of these tips might not apply, but at least a few of them will to no matter which system you use. The first tip I have is pick a specific day of the week and time that you can commit to meal planning. Don't just wait until you feel like it or until you're already heading to the grocery store or until you happen to have an extra 30 minutes pop up. We all know that that's just not going to happen. In order to turn this into a habit or a routine, consistency really is key here. I prefer making my plan on Friday afternoons for the upcoming Sunday through the next Friday. I usually do two weeks at a time. And I then do my grocery shopping either on Friday night or on Saturday for that plan that I just made. Again, no right or wrong here. Just pick a a day and a time that makes sense for you based on when you go grocery shopping and try and stick as close to that. Maybe put a reminder in your calendar. Just try and make sure that you actually meal plan during that time. Tip number two, plan meals that you really enjoy eating and that you don't mind cooking. Don't plan a bunch of meals that sound really healthy, but you're dreading trying. (laughs) Now, I'm all about trying new meals and maybe even trying some extra healthy ones here and there. In fact, sometimes a meal that you aren't sure about ends up being one of your new favorites. So I'm not saying never do that. But if you fill your meal plan with a bunch of healthy meals that you just aren't looking forward to eating, it's going to be really hard to actually get yourself to cook those meals and to want to meal plan in the future. I'd say make the bulk of your meals ones that you're excited to make or at least ones that you aren't dreading making. Also, I know that many people have financial and or time restraints, and you might not be able to plan only meals that you absolutely love, but just do the best you can with your individual circumstances. Tip number three is to keep it simple. Don't plan, again, new and elaborate recipes for most days of the week unless you really enjoy cooking and you have the time to spend in the kitchen. I personally like to add maybe one or two, maybe three new recipes to try each month. And the other days are filled with tried and true recipes that I know my family enjoys. I know aren't too much of a hassle to cook. And it's just less brain power for me to have to make them. Now, if you're just getting started with meal planning and you don't have a whole lot of recipes that you can turn to, then you might need to try two or three new recipes every week until you've kind of built up a little war chest of recipes that you can turn to in the future. So just keep that in mind if you're kind of new to cooking. Tip number four is to be flexible. You might want to plan specific meals for specific nights, or you might just want to have a list of like five to 10 dinners and you choose each day which one you'll make. Either way is fine, but remember the more flexible you allow yourself to be, the more likely you are to stick with your plan. If you plan out every day what you're going to eat and don't deviate at all from that plan or don't allow yourself to have some flexibility, it can get really frustrating really fast. In fact, sometimes I just 
change my mind on what to eat based on what I'm kind of feeling like for the day. Or maybe my one of my kids requests something that I'd planned on making in three days, but they're really in the mood for it that day. And I'll flip around. I'm super, super flexible with my meals. I generally have the entire week planned, but then I'll flip meals all over the place and switch them around just based on, again, what I feel like or what's going on in our lives for the week. Tip number five is keep a running grocery list maybe in your phone or on a piece of paper somewhere. Just add to it as soon as you find that you're out of something. Put the needed ingredients for your your meal plan on the list as well after you make your meal plan. Please do not trust yourself to remember everything that you ran out of throughout the last week or two when you sit down to make a meal plan. It's not going to happen unless you have a, a much better memory than me. If you want to take it even a step further, you can have your calendar nearby to refer to. Take into account what you have going on each night. You might need to plan a crock pot meal for days that you won't get home until later or plan a larger meal, of course, if you're having company over. The meal planning system that I use has a little spot in the days to write anything like this. If we've got a soccer game going on or I'm teaching harp lessons at a certain time and we need to have dinner a little earlier. So just keep in mind kind of what's going on in your calendar in your life. Tip number seven is have a few backup meals in the coffers. Inevitably, things are going to come up and you might not be able to make the meal you planned that night. Having the ingredients for a few quick and easy backup meals is going to prevent you from having to order a pizza when you can't follow your meal plan. Unless you really want to order a pizza, then go for it. Some of my backup meals are breakfast burritos, taco salad, crispy rice and eggs, burrito bowls, grilled cheese sandwiches oven-baked chicken chimichangas, and baked potatoes, along with a few others. I pretty much always have the ingredients for those meals on hand, and most of them are pretty quick to make, so they make really good backup meals. I rarely put these meals on my actual food plan because I end up making them quite a bit. Tip number eight is to track and record the recipes that you like so that you can make them again. And record the ones that you tried and didn't didn't like so that you don't make the mistake of making it again. I know we think that we will for sure remember that, oh, I did not like that recipe, but I promise in a year you're not going to remember <laughs> whether you even made it, much less if you liked it or not. My system is pretty archaic. I just write a quick note in my recipe books. If it's a recipe that we really liked, I write yum with a few exclamation marks next to it. So those are for meals that we really loved and I definitely want to make again. And then those meals also go into my meal planning system. And then I'll write really good if we liked it, but it wasn't necessarily our favorite. And I'll write pretty good if it was just meh, but I wouldn't be opposed to making it again. And then I'll write didn't like for the recipes that I don't want to ever make again. Because this is kind of built into my meal planning system as well, I can see at a glance which recipes we really liked and where to find them, and which ones are our favorite in case we're having company or something. Tip number nine is you may want to recycle menu plans. This is going to make it even easier to plan your weekly menus. I know some people who just have like six to eight weekly menu plans that they rotate through. Easy peasy. I prefer a little more flexibility and variety than this method allows, but I know it works really great for a lot of people, and they really like the ease and the consistency. So you might want to give that one a try. And tip number 10 is plan for or repurpose leftovers. 
I always try to make more than I think we'll need for dinner so that I can enjoy the leftovers for lunch or even use them for another dinner a few days later. If you have a lot of leftovers, many meals can even be frozen, so you can use them weeks later. If your family is anything like mine, they're much more likely to eat leftovers served weeks later as opposed to a few days later. And there you have it. Those are my 10 tips for meal planning. Now I want to quickly go over my personal method in case it's one that you want to try out for yourself. After years and years of trying different methods, I've finally settled on one that works really great for me. I simply have a Google spreadsheet that's really easy to access on my phone. In fact, I have a shortcut to it right on my home screen because I reference it almost daily. And in this spreadsheet, there's a calendar where I put my meals. And as I mentioned, I've got a little slot for different things during the week that might be going on. And then below it, I have my grocery list. And I've separated my grocery list into the different areas of the grocery store that I shop at the most often. So I have produce and bakery, another column for the middle aisles, things in the middle of the store, and then a column for cold items. So it's just really easy when I'm going shopping. My list is all organized. Anytime I notice that I'm running low on something or if I'm out of something, I just pull out my phone real quickly and add it right to the list. I also have a separate section for Costco items because I go shopping at Costco for certain things. And then also for like non-food items if I'm going to Target or Walmart. For example, on my grocery list right now, I have nail clippers and extension cord, shampoo, birthday cards, so things like that. And then when I'm meal planning, I'll put the meals up in the calendar portion, and then I will just put the ingredients that I need straight on to the shopping list. Now, this is one of my favorite parts about my spreadsheet. I have my main sheet, and then I have another tab that has all the dinners that I make most often. And they're divided into different categories, um, Italian, Asian, different types of meats. And for each one, I have a note added to it. And it's really easy to make a note in each little cell on the spreadsheet. And in the note, I just have ingredients that that meal calls for that I don't always have on hand. So for example, I'm just looking up here, I've got a pesto tortellini bake. So I click on it and I view the note and it looks like for this one, I need zucchini, cheese tortellini, and I put the ounces on there, um, cherry tomatoes and artichoke hearts, a 12 ounce can. I put the amounts on there and then I know exactly what ingredients to add into my shopping list and I don't even have to look at the recipe. Everything I need to know is right here in the spreadsheet and then I can just copy and paste from the sheet with my meals over to my calendar copy that pesto tortellini bake. And under it, I also have which recipe book it's in and copy it right into my calendar. And boom, I've got my meal. And I just do that five days times two weeks. And I've got my 10 meals and all of the ingredients that I need for each meal. And I'm done. So hopefully that all made sense. It's kind of hard to explain without being able to show you. The students in my online course, Health Through Habits, have access to a template for my meal planning spreadsheet. So of course, you're always welcome to join us in the program and get the template as well. But like I mentioned, that system has just worked fantastic for me for years. It's the easiest, fastest way I've found to do my meal planning. And I said earlier not to do your meal planning on the way to the grocery store. 
But literally, I have sat in the grocery store parking lot and done my meal plan (laughs) right before going in because I can. I've got all the information I need right there in the spreadsheet. But please do not wait around until you have the perfect meal planning system. Get started with something, with anything. You can always change or adjust it in the future. You just need somewhere to start. And if this is all brand new to you, you'll likely benefit from starting really small. Maybe plan for just one to two meals a week and build from there. Don't try to go all in and plan seven meals a night for an entire month. (laughs) It's just going to turn out to be a little overwhelming. Hopefully this episode gave you some ideas for starting or adjusting or even just continuing your own meal planning method. As always, please be gentle with yourself. You do not have to do this perfectly. Even though I have a pretty solid system in place and I have my super helpful spreadsheet, I still go through periods where I slack off with my meal planning. But when that happens, I try really hard just to get back on track, get that habit and routine going again as soon as possible because I know how much easier it makes my life. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, be flexible. A flexible meal plan is going to be far more helpful than a super rigid one. Life is unpredictable. Your meal plan needs to be able to roll with the punches. All right, that is all I have for you today. I hope that you found something useful. Take just one or two of those tips, try them out in your life, and good luck with all of your meal planning endeavors. Until next week, I'll see you later. If you'd like help implementing what we've talked about today more fully into your life, come check out my self-paced program at helpthroughhabits.com. You'll use the science and tools of habit formation to help transform your health and your mindset. In just a few short weeks, you'll be able to add any number of healthy behavior and thought habits into your life so that you can enjoy finding true health for yourself. I hope to work with you soon.